They say when a baby is born, so is a mother. But while you are there to help your baby grow into the person he or she is meant to be, who is there to help you? Many women feel lost and alone when they become mothers, wondering, who am I now? Sometimes it feels like the transformation from woman to mother is as radical as a caterpillar's transformation into a butterfly. Did you know that inside the chrysalis, the caterpillar literally turns into goop before it rearranges itself into a butterfly? This podcast is about the goop, what soul transformation looks like as you transition from being a woman to a mom. Your baby's growth matters, but yours does too. You're not alone. I'm your host, Brittany Ming. Welcome to the Motherhood Metamorphosis. Welcome everybody to the Motherhood Metamorphosis. I am so excited to welcome Stevie Swift as a guest today. And this is what Stevie wrote. She is a Christian and has been a single mom for over a decade to a now awesome 11-year-old. This year, she's a writer and an artist. She loves freedom and adventure and sour cream and ruffle chips. So that just totally made me laugh when you wrote that. And I just love that you love sour cream and cheddar ruffles. So, Stevie? Nobody does not love them, but I love them. (laughs) (laughs) So what is your son's name? Uh, His name is Brannick. That's awesome. I just call him B. I always refer to him as B. B. I have a B too. He's Ben, but we do call him B. So I love hearing kids' names and their nicknames and I think it brings families alive that way. So when we were chatting about what to talk about, I really loved something you wrote. And I was wondering if I could read it, what you wrote to me in the email. So you wrote, I had a lot of very culturally influenced ideas about what it meant to be a good mom. And I wasn't sure I had the energy or the temperament to be that woman. And that just really resonated with me because I was like, yes, I have had those ideas in my head, like culturally, like things speaking into me, things like all the shoulds and the guilt. And I know that it's going to look different for every woman because we all come from different backgrounds. So I just want to know if you can tell me your story about that. And let's talk about what it means to be a good mom and that transformation you went through. Okay. Well, I think there's there's honestly, there's way too much to, to get into a list or anything like that. But I think everyone kind of has, like you said, depending on the culture and the family that you grew up in or what other influences you have, you just have these ideas of what you should do. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as you become a mom, it's these things that you are, it's like you're weighing, I'm good if I do this, and I'm bad if I do that. And, um, and there's a, there's a perfect to try to attain. Um, there's a lot of things that I thought people would think. Like I was trying to avoid someone thinking something that maybe they hadn't even expressed to me, but I was kind of putting that on them, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, and then there was kind of an extra added pressure of being a single mom because I didn't want to be, I just wanted to be a mom in the community too, mm-hmm. not, you know, the single mom who is there's there's all this struggle and pity and they need help and things like this attached to it and I didn't want that so I really had this extra pressure to come across as put together and so I felt that even more that push toward I need to look together whatever the heck that even means but I just had that pressure um and 
I don't have, uh, I mean, it's a very long journey to move away from that. But now I honestly, like everything comes down to what do I value? What does my son value? And what makes us happy and functioning and flourishing today? <laughs> Cause yeah. that changes too. Um, and that's what I go off of. And not that those pressures don't come up, but I kind of have this way of filtering through them now of identifying, okay, that's something I think someone's thinking, or that's something that, you know, this city I live in values or this church that I'm involved in values, but I don't. And mm-hmm. I'm, so I make the decision to, to go with my values instead. Um, but yeah, it's very freeing. It's the best, one of the best things that I've done as a parent, I think too. And just for my son, I, I do have one example like that maybe people relate to is with food. This idea of in our culture, it's three meals a day, right? You feed right. your kid three meals a day and you send him to school with lunch and it has to look a certain way. And uh, we homeschool, but my son did go to kindergarten and I had to send him with lunch a couple days a week. And we battled because he would, he's, he was five and he's sitting there watching me put things on his lunch and he's taking them out of the box. <laughs> he's like, no, mom, like, no. <laughs> it was like, I mean, we would end up with the string cheese and I'd say, please, please, please. Like, this is, I mean, this is what I said to him. You don't have to eat it. I just, people have to think I fed you. Right. I mean, that's, and, and it's so ridiculous though. Right. Cause I know he's not going to eat it. He's going to eat the string cheese and he's going to throw everything else away. Um, and now we just, you know, we have food, we eat when we're hungry. I make him stuff when he's hungry for it, which I can do because it's just the two of us. Um, and it's just so relaxing, you know, mm-hmm. we don't have the, the weird fights over <laughs> what goes yeah. on. Yeah, you're doing what works for you as opposed to this kind of self-imposed cultural expectation that now we eat breakfast, now we eat lunch, now we eat dinner. And that works for your family. Yes. Yeah. I think we bring in those ideals into our motherhood experience from how we grew up, you know, what we see on TV, like pictures people post on social media. I think there's just so much pressure to feel and do and believe a certain way. But then we meet our kids and we're like, anybody's boxes. So um, he was probably the biggest influence on, on changing just the way I even thought about how to go about mothering because I couldn't have survived him <laughs> and also yeah. trying to fit the cultural norms and boxes. Yeah. So you mentioned that kindergarten story about lunch. So talk about, if you can, talk about your, like, what you felt emotionally when you went through that transition. Like, like how did you feel inside and what, what changed to be like, okay, I can let go of those expectations or like these ideals of being a good mom? I think, well, when you ask what I felt inside, I, there's the, I, I felt like I was going to explode in those moments because I didn't want to fight over this thing that I didn't actually care about. Like I said, mm-hmm. it's not a value for me. I don't, I want my child to eat food when he's hungry. I mean, that's my value. Um, but it was at war this. So it was like this, this war of fighting what other people think, because I was somehow letting that in to my thoughts and what Mm -hmm. I actually care about and um, came to actually moving away from that though. I did have to change lifestyle things, you know, like if he was going to school, I would still be sending him with lunch. I mean, 
I, it does. There are certain things I, it does have to look like I sent him to school with lunch because right. he's not going to eat it because people are going to, I'm going to get a note home. Right. <laughs> I sent string cheese only in the box. Yeah. Um, so there are certain things you just have to adjust to. And for us, I've eliminated that. Well, that's not the reason we homeschool, but, <laughs> but that's lunch. That's the reason we homeschool. That's because of lunch. Um, but I mean, it did happen to eliminate that particular problem for us, but I don't know. These things just come up day to day or week to week where something that I value clashes with the culture. And every single time there's a little bit of that kind of rising up raging uh, that I have to calm down. And, and yeah. sometimes I do make the decision to have a conversation with B and I say, you know, this situation is going to be a lot more comfortable if we do it the way everybody else does it. Mm. And, and we talk about it and we might do it. I love that. I think I that, that, yeah, that's really good because sometimes you can think thinking right now of my own son who is on the spectrum and we wanted to go to this fall fair recently. And there were a lot of people and he's like, can we just stay home? And I'm like, everybody else really wants to go. Cause we have five kids and I really love social things. And, um, so the whole time I knew that he wasn't having fun, but he really did hold it together. He's almost 14. Then he asked his dad, cause we were going to go out to eat afterwards. And he asked um, my husband, he's like, can we um, get takeout instead of going to a restaurant? And I said, we said, yes, like, that's a good idea because he can only do so much, you know, and we have to say, Hey, like you, we love you and you're part of our family and you don't, we don't have to force you to do these things. So I think it's a give and take sometimes. So you having that conversation with your son saying, Hey, you know, we need to do it this way because it's going to be easier for the family or the party or whatever event we're at. But also I respect who you are and your experiences and, you know, we can leave when you're ready. <laughs> so, yes. And Oh, I love that. I love that whole story. And I think the respect part is, is totally the key is, and kids respond to that when you are respecting them and respecting their needs. And like your son he went through the whole time at the fair when he didn't want to. Yeah. And yeah. so like acknowledging that and respecting that, you know, that he did that for the family and you know, yeah. giving a little bit back. I just love that. Yeah. I think that was a journey for us too, in a transition, because I felt a lot of pressure, like you said, about appearing certain ways or, you know, doing certain events like church or birthday parties or I don't know, even school assemblies that were loud or things like that, that would bother him. And just feeling like that tension inside and being like, you have to do this. And, but also I think it like my love for him prompted me towards understanding. And that became the foundation to walk in for our relationship. So I think it's like that tension between loving your child and the fear of expectation. Does that resonate with you in your yes, experience? It absolutely does. And uh, the other thing that just came to mind when you're talking, I think it was when you said assemblies, it made me think of nostalgia mm. as a piece of pressure that we yeah. feel that we often don't think about. And our kids do not have the same feelings of nostalgia for things that we do. And so I've really had to recognize that too with my son. Um, 
is he doesn't care what the culture is nostalgic about or what I'm nostalgic about. He has what he wants to do. Um, and like th this just came up because every year Halloween comes up and I'll say, mm -hmm. you know, do you want to trick or treat? Do you want to dress up? Do you want to what do you want to do? He never wants to carve pumpkins. He really doesn't want to trick or treat either because he doesn't even like he only likes certain candy. Yeah. It's cold. It's dark. I mean, it makes sense. His reasons are sound. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes occasionally he has wanted to dress up. But this year he just didn't. So I threw out some things that we could do and he and that sounded good to him. But some years we haven't done anything and that's okay too. And it, but it does, it, it comes up again. It's like, well, I'm not doing anything. So I'm boring and, you know, I'm failing the Pinterest Instagram model. And, you know, you just have to quiet that down and tell it to shut up. And we're doing what works and makes us happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's the most important thing. It's like bring, doing what brings your family peace, doing what brings you peace too, as a, as a mom, Because I know that some years, if we're using Halloween, for an example, like it just felt like too much. And I was stressed and anxious about it. And it's like the, I had so much going on in my life that doing anything extra, like a holiday was just like putting me over the edge. And so I told them they, my kids really did want to go trick or treating. And I said, what if we did a movie night and invited some friends over and they were like my friends, but they liked them. So it was, um, let's invite Miss Savannah over. Let's invite, you know, this lady over to watch a movie with us and we'll eat some candy at home and make popcorn. So that's what we did for Halloween one year. And that just brought, I was just, that just like lowered my anxiety but I just had that pressure from my kids, like not disappointing them. And like this culture pressure to be fun and like do the thing, like do the holiday that is expected. But that was bringing me like stress and anxiety in my life. So I think in becoming like the woman, I had to honor my own feelings as a woman in relation to being the mom I wanted to be for my kids, because I know that my anxiety is going to bleed out into my kids day or holiday. And so that's going to be hard too for them. So. Yeah. But even without that, what, what you feel matters and right. what you're experiencing matters just as a member of the family, you know, regardless mm -hmm. of how it's affecting other people, if it's affecting you, it matters too. I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because I think sometimes when we, we want to move towards respecting our kids as mm -hmm. humans and, and respecting their needs and stuff, sometimes we pull away from our needs as people yes. too. Um, and yes. I don't want to do that because that that's really important part of the conversation. Yeah, I think so. And then I think it, that's a really important aspect I want to bring up in this podcast, because I know that I really struggle to bring myself, like who I am as a person into my relationship with my children and where I just fulfill a role as opposed to showing up as a human with them. And letting them see like my heart and like my mind and my ideas and like humor and all these things. So I can get caught in X, Y, Z to be a good mom. Or if I didn't do this, like I let them down or I don't know, like, do you feel that way too? I would say that I have a lot less problems with that now. Yeah. Um, but part of it too, like I have one child. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, cause no matter how many kids you have, every kid has certain physical needs and, you know, they get sick and there's all kinds of things that as a parent, you do have to do and spend yeah. energy on. And I just have the one for yeah. that. So, um, I just want to say that too. <laughs> a lot of people are dealing with, you know, four children's 
physical needs. Um, but because I have let go of so many of those other things that I, that I don't want to do, it does free me up for, we just have great conversations about all kinds of things. And so he gets to hear my opinions on stuff and I get to hear his and probably daily we have conversations like that, mm-hmm. which is my favorite thing. Being in relationship with any person is just, you know, hearing more about who they are and how they think about things and how they're experiencing the things that they're interacting with in the world. And um, so I, I do feel like I get to do that a lot with my son and I love it. Yeah, I love that too. So what would you tell another woman who is maybe feeling a lot of pressure to fulfill expectations, whether it's like cultural or even just like inside, like I have to do this in order to feel like I'm a good mom or like, how, how would you address her fear? Cause I can see like, you've come on this journey and you have, you say, I used to be there, but now I'm here. So what would you tell somebody who is maybe at the beginning of that path? who wants to let go of that, like rage that builds up or that fear or that anxiety, um, when it comes to these pressures and like these expectations, I think this won't work for everybody. Um, but it's something that I did for, for quite a while is I kind of eliminated that phrase have to Mm -hmm. from my vocabulary. And I thought instead, every time I was tempted to say, I have to do this, I would actually think through, why I, why I was choosing to do it, mm-hmm. um, or why I would choose to do it or why I would choose not to, because there is, there is always a choice. And sometimes the consequences are so enormous that it feels like there isn't a choice. Um, but we tend to turn a lot of things into have to use or I did. And so just by taking that and, and forcing myself to do the thought process of thinking through this thing. So I have to pack a lunch, go back to that. I have to pack a lunch. Actually, the consequences of not putting healthy food in the lunchbox, I'm choosing to sneak in whatever he's not going to eat into the lunchbox because I don't want to know at home and it's worth it for me to do that. So I'm, I'm making that choice. Um, but on something else on Halloween, choosing not to working, not to do pumpkins and costumes this year, because either one of us want to, um, we don't have to. Uh, anyway, I think that just alone, even I still say have to now, but I did intentionally for probably a year, just try to not even say that word and not even think about it. So anytime I was tempted to think about it, I just changed it in my mind. I'm choosing to do this because, and then sometimes it would shift. Once I thought about it, I go, Oh, actually I'm not, I'm going to choose not to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't have to. Yeah. And I think also just honoring your own desires too in relationships. So I think it all comes back to that relationship. So like being in communication and I remember, I think we keep using Halloween as an example because we're in that season, but I know that other years I've had, um, like my mother-in-law take the kids trick-or-treating and I stayed home or another friend walked with me. My husband doesn't like trick-or-treating. Like he's like, no. (laughs) So it's always me doing it. If we, if we end up doing it, but I think it's every year, if that's something that a holiday is a trigger for you thinking what's going to bring me peace, like what's going to bring my child peace and happiness. And sometimes if like the kid really wants to do something and you feel like you can't like asking somebody to come alongside you, I think that can be also a solution to those, that pressure to be or do or perform or show up in spaces that you feel like you just can't do. So yeah. And actually, so if the, if asking that question or changing the have to is too complicated or too much thinking, I love that 
an alternate question is what is going to bring me peace? Just what you just, what's mm-hmm. going to bring me peace in this situation and what's going to bring my child peace in this situation. And how do we get as close to both of those as we can? Yes. Yeah. And sometimes that's where the tension lies because we want two different things. So I think like with my son, not wanting to go to the fair, but then we said, yes, we can get takeout instead of going to a restaurant. So I think there's like compromise and give and take, but sometimes it's just hard because when he was younger, um, there would have been a lot of melt, there was meltdowns and stuff like that. And that was just, um, very difficult for both of us. So I think we've learned and grown and sometimes realizing, Hey, this is hard right now, but it's not always going to be this way. And then reflecting back on like how far you've come and how far you've compromised. I think that can be really life affirming. So if, so speaking to people who are new moms, if they're feeling that pressure and tension and you're in the middle of that difficult emotional angst about being a good mom or these pressures, like realizing it's not always going to be this way and you have the autonomy to make choices about your own peace and your child's peace, I think that can be really freeing. And that's exactly what you were talking about. Absolutely. Oh, great. I love this conversation, Stevie. Thank you so much for coming on. So to end up, I have 10 rapid fire questions that I want to ask and they're just all fun. So, all right. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. So which Disney princess would you want to take out for coffee? Uh, Oh my gosh. Um, Elsa. Oh yeah. She's great one. She'd be very complicated. Deep conversation, I think too. All right. What's one must have on your nightstand? Something that plays a video because I have to have video to go to sleep. So does my husband. He, and I like, do not like that. So he has his iPad and like the the light is turned way down low and the volume, or he has earphones on, but he also has to have video to fall asleep. And I'm like, how do you do that? But yeah, there are people who have to have that to fall asleep. Yeah. All right. What's your go-to? And we're like, how do you do it in silence? I know. I know. It's half of the world doesn't understand the pleasures of the other. All right. So number three, what's your go-to treat after your son goes to bed? Um, well, he actually, I usually go to bed first, um, but it would be ruffles. Sorry. Oh, yes. The chips. Yes. Yeah. Back to chips. Yes. And I oh. dip them in sour cream too. Just so bad. I am a sour cream lover. So that sounds really good to me. All right. Number four, heels or flats? Flats. flats. I have terrible back. It Heels kill me. So you're like, no, flats all the way. And there are some very cute ones out there these days. So we can, we can. I have like one that. pair of shoes. So not a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number five, last show you binged and loved. Uh, Flash. Flash. Okay, cool. So are you, are you a superhero fan? Oh, yeah. And actually I, I had started it before, but for some reason I hadn't finished it. So I just recently, that's the most recent one. Yeah, that's great. Love it. All right. If you run out of this, you have to go to the store. Um, carbonated drinks. That's a must have. You gotta, you gotta go to the store for that. Yeah, that's great. All right. Who makes you laugh? Like belly laugh? Uh, my son. Yeah. He's really funny. <laughs> great. Texting or talking on the phone? Um, well, texting, you know, I haven't had a phone for a month because it drowned. Oh no. <laughs> I just haven't gotten a new one. I really like it. No one calls me. It's great. Yeah. Texting's great. All right. What are you looking forward to? 
Um, I, is today Thursday? Yes. Okay, so tomorrow, um, my brother is scheduled to have his first baby, and so I'm looking forward to Oh, that's great. Is this your first niece or nephew? So, not, not really. I have, um, my stepsister has two daughters, but I actually haven't even met them yet, so this will be the first one I get to meet. Oh, that's great. I'm I'm really excited for you. All right, so last question. Finish this sentence. Motherhood is awesome. Awesome. I love that. All right. So thank you so much, Stevie, for joining us. If you are interested in Stevie's Christian writing, you can find her at Stevie Swift author on Facebook and Instagram or at stevieswift.com. If that's not your speed, you can connect with her at Stevie Doodles on Facebook and Instagram or at stevie where there are thousands of free coloring pages that she has drawn to print and color. Thank you so much, Stevie. I really enjoyed our conversation today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So you're officially my first interview. So we're just, you're like my guinea pig. So we're just going to figure this out. Sounds good to me. And I'm sorry I messed up the time. I, I have never. I almost asked you because you had said two and then you said central time. And I thought, well, maybe she just knew that I was Pacific time when she said two. No, I was just messing up. So always like never not ask because I don't really know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, that was totally a mess up on my part. So anyway. Okay.